Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, hey, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great First of all, before I go any further, how's my sound? My sound okay? Somebody please let me know. You sound good. Make my man, it's good to hear your voice. Find the Perfect. ones that you appreciate love you. And know that they'll and be coming back every single well, week. First, let me myself. My name is Drake Baldwin, former Dynamic Professional Athlete, author of 29 books. I've created this whole brand of philosophy called Work on Your Games, all about technique, mental tools to help you get to the top 1% in the sports world, and leveraging those same tools over to the business world and into everyday life, and also using them in sports. And today, the topic that I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk something that goes actually dovetails perfectly with, with what Patricia just talked about and to give you all an idea of how I even come up with my topics. Usually on Tuesday mornings, Patricia uh, texts me and tells me what she's going to talk about or I ask her what she's going to talk about and then I just go find a topic that is complementary to hers. So she told me today that she was going to have uh, several of her co-authors on stage talking about how they leverage each other's networks, skills, and knowledge to sell a book. So my topic today is going to be the three traffic strategies, and I'm going to explain these three traffic strategies out. When I say traffic, I'm not talking about cars on the road. I'm talking traffic in terms of prospects, people, customers that can come take a look at your offerings and possibly, hopefully, buy them. The three traffic strategies, and I'm going to go in order from short term to long term in terms of how quickly these can turn over, how quickly you can generate traffic from these strategies and the pros and cons of each. So none of these is none of these three strategies is going to be perfect. None of them is a uh, solve everything. I would ideally suggest that you have a combination of all three. And once I get into the explanation, you will uh, definitely understand that. At least if I'm any good. So for any of you who does any type of digital marketing, this is I am specifically talking about through the internet. And again, you want to use a combination of all three because they all have their pros and cons. So let's get right into it and. At any point, any of the moderators or speaker has a question, feel free to interrupt me and ask the question, and I'll answer it, and then we'll go right back into the program. So number one, quickest traffic strategy, the one that converts the fastest, I mean converts meaning you do it and you have traffic, is advertising. This is the quickest one. Advertising is relatively simple, not always easy, and it works very easy, very simply. You pay some platform, or even a person, rather, who has already gathered eyeballs, such as Mark Zuckerberg over at Facebook. He's gathered a billion pairs of eyeballs. Or Sergey and Larry over there at Google. They have billions of pairs of eyeballs coming through their platforms every day. You pay them, and then they allow a certain amount of their traffic 
to come to your offering, your page, your website, your ad, whatever it's going to be. And then you get to show your stuff to those people based on criteria that you choose. If someone searches for this, your stuff is going to be somewhere on that page. If you pay a certain amount, let's say on Facebook, it'll show up in the feeds of certain types of people based on, again, the criteria that you choose. So if I choose female basketball players, I can target them specifically. Or if people need tires for their, a certain type of Toyota, I can target those people. The good part about advertising is that if you're willing to spend enough money, you can get as much traffic as you want, as many eyeballs as you want on your stuff in a very, very short period of time. You could theoretically get a million people to come through your website today if you're willing to spend a certain amount of money, depending on, again, the target and depending on the level of competition. And you can boost your traffic, again, very quickly with a certain amount of advertising spent. Now, that's the good side of advertising. The challenge with advertising is, first of all, and this is usually the main challenge, first thing we think about when we're advertising is you're spending money. You have to pay money to get people to see your stuff. And here's the other challenge is just because somebody sees your stuff doesn't mean they're going to buy your stuff. So even though you have paid and you got all this traffic, now you have to find out, okay, is there something wrong with my landing page? Is there something wrong with my funnel? Do people not like the video? Or did I not check my funnel well enough so people are trying to buy, but there's some kind of glitch and they're not even able to complete the transaction? So even though you have paid for traffic does not necessarily mean that you're going to make sales. However, paying for a certain amount of traffic, if you make that investment, you can get some good feedback as to what's working and what's not when it comes to whatever it is that you're selling or your landing page or your free giveaway, your marketing funnel, your high ticket event, whatever it happens to be. So that's the, the challenging side. I'm not even going to say the bad, but the challenging side of running any type of advertising. And it also will take a little bit of time and a certain amount of traffic. And if we're talking ads, that also means money in order to optimize your advertising to find out what works because you might target a very wide group of people at the beginning of your advertising campaign, but then as you see who's responding, let's just say, okay, people on the East Coast are responding to my ad way more than the West Coast, so now you can niche down to only East Coast. Then you find out, well, it's only people between the ages of 24 and 35. Niche down there. Then you find out, oh, it's mostly females. Then you niche down there. Now, the, the way that you get this information is you're going to have to parse the data, but in order to even have data, you're going to have to run more ads. So hopefully you can get to a point, and there are plenty of people who teach this. My favorite go-to on this in this category is Russell Brunson. How to actually not lose so much money on your ads, maybe even make money on ads, or at least break even on your ads. So while you're getting this information, at the same time, is not you're not going broke spending money on advertising. But advertising is the quickest way to get people in. At the same time, with the caveat that what works, so to speak, changes over time. Whether that change means changes in the taste of your consumers, changes in how much people are interested in whatever it is that you're offering. It might be a thing today, but it might not be a thing next year. And also changes with those platforms. The way that I think any of you who runs ads, you probably know that Apple made some changes recently that made it a little bit harder to run your ads through the Facebook platform. And it might cost you a little bit more money. And if you've been in the ad game long enough, you know that all of these platforms, whether we're talking Google platforms, Facebook platforms, and anyone else, they make algorithm changes over time. And when those algorithms change, it might make it a lot harder or cost you a lot more money to get the exact same results that you were getting before. So how do you continue to make your money? Well, that is the challenge of, that's the challenge that we all have as entrepreneurs. That is our job to figure out, and that's part of the job that we signed up for.
So this is the first one that is advertising. This is the quickest, also possible, also not possibly, but definitely the highest investment in terms of money coming out of your pocket way to drive traffic to anything that you do or to market yourself. Second one, and this is one that Patricia and the uh, other fellow authors were just talking about a lot. The second one is what I call collaboration. And collaboration, the simple idea behind collaboration is you are connecting with other people who have already gathered audiences, just like Facebook and Google have, but instead of paying them in order to get in front of their audience, you are offering some type of value exchange to which they will allow you to get in front of their audience, but you don't have to pay money. In other words, you are trading, for the most part, you're going to be trading sweat equity. Just like the ladies talked about with, as Patricia talked about, the anthology, the book that they have coming out, they are all trading sweat equity. Everybody did a little bit of writing. Everybody puts in a little bit of marketing. Everyone shares a little bit of their genius when it comes to connections and making sales, and everyone gets to eat off of it. Everybody benefits because everyone has their name on that book, and everyone can say, hey, this is my book, and the whole world is known about it. So even though... Aranza Sue's marketing might be bringing in certain customers. Somebody who bought the book because they know Aranza Sue, now they get to find out about Patricia. They might not even know who Patricia was before they bought the book. So this is a, and vice versa. So this is a form of collaboration where you connect with another person, share some type of value that is usually not money. And because you've done that, now you get to get in front of their audience. Another example, I heard a few people talk about how they are making, doing speaking, speaking engagements on other people's podcasts. This is something that I like to do myself a lot is get myself on other people's podcasts because I don't have to pay them, but what I'm doing is exchanging my value. So let's, so what I would do is go find someone who has a show whose topics are relevant to what I talk about. So being that I'm a former athlete and my business is basically, we'll just say mindset, I'll go find someone who has a show that's about personal leadership or personal development, or even a show that's about sports, even an entrepreneurship show where they talk about the mindset behind being an entrepreneur, I'll reach out to that person and they may like my angle because it's like, oh, it's an athlete, you're a little bit different. Or a show that's about basketball, hey, you're a basketball player, but now you're an entrepreneur. That's a little bit different. Or a show of someone who talks about writing books, oh, you're an athlete who writes books. It's a little bit different. You may notice some commonalities there is that I'm always trying to find that unique angle to where there is a connection, but there's also something different that makes me stand out. It's better, it's better. Being different is better than being better. Because it's hard to prove that you're better than somebody else, but it's easy to show that you're different, but also having that connection. So that's the magic mix, at least as far as how it's worked for me. I reach out to those people. I get on their show. They interview me. I get to talk about what I'm talking about. And usually, and I've been on probably 300 podcasts over the last seven years, usually at the end of the show, they almost always ask, well, Dre, how can people find out about you? If someone wants to know more about you, what can they do? You can tell them where to follow you on social media. If you have a product or service that you're offering, maybe one of your front-end offers or a free lead magnet, you can send them there. If you have something that you're really pushing, let's say I've even done things like, I remember when I was on uh, Entrepreneurs on Fire, I said, well, I'll have anyone who fills out the page, this page, they can get a free 15-minute coaching call with me. And man, you wouldn't believe how many people took me up on that offer. I did a lot of 15-minute coaching calls. But a bunch of those people became coaching clients. And some of them are still, believe it or not, coaching clients of mine to this very day. And that was five years ago. That was all because of my ability to leverage this uh, strategy of collaboration. Now, when it comes to the collaboration, one thing that I like to leverage, and I first heard about this also from Russell Brunson, but he's not the one who has, he's not the one who takes credit for creating it. It's called the Dream 100. The Dream 100 
is a very simple concept where you want to find, ideally, at least 100 people who have already gathered your dream audience, hence dream 100. Dream audience, at least 100 people. You reach out, out to those people, and I'm going to come back to that in a second, figure out a way that you can connect with them, get in front of their audience, and then you get to share your value, and hopefully your value is good enough that somebody takes some interest in you. Now, when it comes to this Dream 100, here's the challenge of the collaboration. And this is not the only way to collaborate, but I want to go into this one. The challenge of this is anyone who has a podcast, anyone who has a platform, anyone who's listening to me right now, who's on a stage or a speaker or in the audience, if you have a podcast where you interview people, even if you don't interview people, you're probably getting emails every single day, DMs every single day, copy and paste form letters every single day from somebody who is trying to pitch themselves to be on your podcast. You, they clearly don't know what your show is about. They probably have never listened to it. And they're just pitching, pitching, pitching. And to the point that you are marking them as spam, you're not even reading or looking at a lot of these messages. I know this is happening to you because I have a podcast. My show is solo. I don't even have guests. And I get these emails. So I know those of you who actually have guests, you're getting these emails. So the question then is, reversing this, how do you stand out when so many people are trying to pitch themselves to every show and you're trying to pitch yourself to? This is where you start doing things that do not scale. This is the biggest piece of advice I can give anyone when it comes to collaboration is you must do things that don't scale, i.e. personalize your messages to the people that you're reaching out to. Do not copy, paste, send messages. That worked in 2016. It does not work in 2021. Reach out to people personally. Make sure they know that you have personalized the message for them. The easy way to do that is to actually say their name. That's everybody's favorite word is their own name. And this is how you can start to get people's attention. Make sure you have use some type of CRM, have a follow-up system because not everybody's going to respond to you the first time you reach out to them. They might not have seen the email. They might have been busy. They might have loved it, but they forgot to reply. People are busy. So make sure you have some type of follow-up system. You might need to reach somebody two, three, four times before they actually respond. But this is the best way. You must personalize your message when you're reaching out to anyone when it comes to collaboration. And I would bet the ladies who are who work together on that book that Patricia was talking about, that nobody sent you a form copy-paste letter to ask you to be part of that book. Somebody reached out to you personally, and that's why you got involved. So the good thing about collaborations, and I'm out of the Dream 100 now, just talking about collaborations as, as a whole. The good thing about it is that the people that you're getting in front of is a built-in warm audience because the no like and trust factor for example let's just say glenn has an audience and glenn, nobody in glenn's audience has ever heard of me but i get on glenn's show now the people who know like and trust glenn are some of them are going to know like and trust me at least a little bit because i'm standing next to the guy that they already know like and trust so this is the same way that somebody about to say something okay this is the same well, way i was just flashing my mic my man just flashing my mic oh perfect thank you glenn so this is the same way that when, let's say, somebody sets you up on a date, right? Hey, I know this person. I know you. I'm a mutual friend. You're at least willing to meet the person because of a mutual friend. So this is what collaboration is in the Dream 100 especially is that you're getting in front of an audience and you're kind of a mutual friend because the audience already has heard of you and they know who you are. So you get that built-in audience that's already in place. And the great thing about this, even better, is now you can make sales and there's no out-of-pocket expense. Unlike with advertising, where you have to watch how much you're spending on ads versus how much you're making, with the Dream 100, you're not spending anything on ads, but you're also but you're making money. So this is why we call it the sweat equity. You have to put in the time and effort to make these connections, but on the back end, you're making all the money, and the only thing that it costs you is time. Not that time doesn't matter, 
But I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially when we're first starting and you don't have an audience, you're probably better off trying to spend time instead of spending money. Now, the challenge with collaboration and, and with the Dream 100 is that in order for this to work, unlike with advertising, you have to sell yourself to another human being. And I don't know about any of you, but if you have any experience with human beings, is that they can be weird. All right, <laughs> Everybody's different. And not everybody is exactly the same. Unlike with Facebook, Facebook speaks one language. All right, you pay us this much money, we'll show your landing page to this many people. It's cut and dry. As long as you have a dollar, they will take your money and show your page to whoever you want to show it to. And when it comes to human beings, it doesn't work so simply. Now you have to figure out, all right, how do I connect with this person? What does this person care about? What is this person interested in? All right, who do I respond to? How do I find their email address? There's a, you may have to do a little bit more work to work the collaboration slash Dream 100. But again, as I explained, this can work on the back end as well. And also to add in, it is not just free media appearances that you can leverage for collaboration. It's also when you see people doing joint ventures, when you see affiliate marketing. If someone you're on someone's email list and they email you and say, hey, my friend has a new product out. You should go buy it. You should go sign up for this course. You should go to their event. That is a form of collaboration. You are leveraging someone else's audience and the work that they've already done in building that audience to help build your audience and make you sales. But you're not, it's not a bad thing. You're not using them maliciously. They're willing to help you because you're going to help them as well. So this is why it matters for you to have an audience of your own and have some things going on of your own so that you're the type of person that other people want to leverage so then they can leverage you. And then when it's your turn to get to leverage others, you can call on them and they'll help you out the same way that you helped them out. This is why there's a value in you having your own audience because just like Patricia and her fellow authors in that book, they probably were looking for other authors who had some form of audience and something to bring to the table, not just a, a warm body, but somebody who can bring something to the table that can help them actually move those books through their knowledge and or through their audience. So we got number one is advertising. Number two is collaboration. The third way to market yourself. And by the way, these are in terms of short term to long term. So advertising is very quick. Collaboration can take a little bit more time. So it's kind of like a medium length time thing. The third thing, third way for you to market yourself is content. Content. All of us are familiar with content. Now, content is very simple. You create valuable material for completely for free. And you put it out on a platform where anyone can access it. They can take it, download it, read it, watch it, listen to it. Learn, hopefully they're learning from it. And hopefully they're going to leverage whatever it is that you said. So podcasts, articles, emails, videos, TikTok posts, photos, even clubhouse rooms. These are all examples of content. Now, most thought leaders, anyone who's in that thought leader position, book writers, uh, people who host events, people who do professional speaking, coaching programs, courses, Almost every single thought leader out there and subject matter out there, subject matter expert out there has some form of consistent content that they are creating. Almost all of us who's on the stage, every moderator on the stage probably creates some form of content in some way. Now content, first of all, just to make sure you know, content is the long tail when it comes to marketing. Meaning you might put a video on YouTube today, but it's not necessarily gonna make you any money today, tomorrow, or next year. It might be 10 years from now, somebody comes across that video and then they sign up for you or something because they saw that video. So content is not something you put out and say, all right, where's the money at? Content is the long game that you're playing. You continually put out content because content is basically a way for you to grab people and bring them into your world. It's not costing you money. You're just investing time. The difference between content for investing sweat equity versus collaboration is that with content, 
there's no, there's no, uh, you don't need people skills to post a video on YouTube. You just post it to YouTube, just push the upload button, put it up, and it's done. With collaboration, you have to get another person to agree to work with you. With YouTube and Facebook and Clubhouse, all you have to do is push a button and you can put out whatever you want. That is the difference. So when it comes to the content, good thing about content for all of us is that the agreed upon price of content is free. Zero. It costs absolutely nothing. You're just asking people for their time and attention. It costs you very little to even create content, and it costs very little to consume content, again, aside from attention and your time. And the easiest way to connect with people who you don't know with zero risk whatsoever, even if you don't like talking to people, is creating content. You don't have to actually have a conversation. You can share as much of it as you want. There's no cost at scaling your content. You can put out, you can repurpose a piece of content over and over again, so many different places, put out as much as you want. It doesn't cost you any extra money to do it. Again, just your time. And it can help you get found randomly by people who weren't even looking for you and had no idea that you existed. Any of you who creates a ton of content, I'm sure you've had people come into your world who were not even looking for you, but they just happen to be browsing Facebook, happen to be scrolling Instagram, happen to be on YouTube looking for something. They came across your material, liked it, and now here they are. They're one of your best clients, one of your best customers, just because you were discoverable through creating your content. Now, content can also be, basically it can be your advertisement, albeit it is less targeted because you can't specifically say to Facebook, hey, only show my video to these people unless you pay them. Now, content, you can help target it through what they call SEO, search engine optimization, but that's a whole different thing that is not even my area of expertise. Somebody else can talk about that. Now, here's some challenges with content. This is something that I said earlier, is that content is a long game. Just because you have created content, just because you created 100 pieces of content, does not mean you're going to start making money just from publishing that content. Ten years ago, for example, I've been in the, I've been putting content on the internet since 2005. But ten years ago, when I first started selling my own products, I was still playing pro ball at the time, but I was making all these basketball videos on YouTube. I could sell products just by putting a video on YouTube, telling people I had it, put a link in the description, and people would go buy my product. No advertising, no collaboration just content with a link and people will go buy it. Those were the good old days of some things on the internet. That changed very quickly, almost literally overnight when YouTube changed their algorithm to stop people like me from sending people away from YouTube into other websites. They changed their algorithm to keep people on YouTube to fight that. And now if you want to do the same thing, now you have to pay YouTube. So it was really just a way for them to keep control of their audiences and make the money. But the point is, it can take a while for your content to start converting and making money for, for you, if at all. You want to be creating content not as, all right, this is how I'm going to make money. You create content as a way as this is how I get seen and people can come find me while using a mix of these other two, collaboration and also advertising. So and the other challenge with content is these days, especially in 2021 and as we move forward, more and more people are creating content. Everybody's a content creator these days. I told you I'm a former pro athlete. Every athlete now has a podcast. Every athlete has an, an Instagram. Every former athlete now, they have podcasts. Everybody wants to get into the content game and put themselves out there and get some attention. So the audiences are becoming more diluted. It's hard, harder to get seen, heard, and known these days just through content. This is why, and to, I'm going to wrap up here before we uh, take questions and comments, my favorite of these three, if somebody put a gun to my head and say, Dre, you can only do one for the rest of your life, you can't do all three, which one are you doing? Absolutely number two. 
Absolutely collaboration, absolutely the dream 100. There is a built-in audience. Someone's already done the work. They will be warm to me. All I'm doing is leveraging my value and leveraging the game that I share. I could do that forever and a day. So those three, and I'll pass it back to you, Patricia. Number one, advertising. It is the fastest, also costly. Number two, collaboration, medium size. All you're doing is sweat equity, building connections. And number three, content. Long game, not targeted, but this is how you get discoverable. Now I'll pass it back to you, Patricia. Thank you. Thank you, Dre. And we have time for like one question, so I'm going to ask it. <laughs> Getting back to that Dream 100. <laughs> so. When I'm working with people, I often, I'm helping them, you know, develop marketing strategies, digital courses, and leverage the books that we're writing so they can monetize their expertise. And so I'll ask them, let me see your Dream 100 list. And it'll be like Russell Brunson and Brene Brown, like very high level people. And so when you're talking to people or when you're creating your own Dream 100 list, what does that look like? But I will put a caveat here is I understand kind of the mix because I put, actually, Glenn went on my Dream 100 list back in March, and here I am, right? So, you know, there is that, there you can't, like, limit yourself, right? But what does that mix look like for you from people that maybe, you know, are easier to get to, or you have a connection to get to that person to, like, really top? How do you decide who goes on that list? Great question. And the answer is don't limit yourself to 100 people. So yes, you can grab the people who have a million followers and put them all, you might have 200 people who have a million followers and put them on your Dream 100, but also find the people who are similar to them. Who else is talking about that topic that might not be a household name, that might not be so known? Because again, with the, as many people are on the internet and many people in the entrepreneurship world, there are a lot of people with very niche audiences who are making money and they have customers who have money that they are willing to spend but they just might not be famous. Right? Not everybody who's making money is famous. You don't have to be rich. I mean, you don't have to be famous to be rich. And your customers don't have to know you as a household name in order to spend money on you. So if we're talking about using the Dream 100 to make money, understand that it doesn't have to be the most well-known person. It just needs to be the right targeted person. And you never know who's listening to the show that you appeared on or the platform that you're sharing the stage on. That's why your Dream 100 shouldn't be limited to 100 people. We just call it that because that's the name. I might create a new one called the Dream 1000 because my Dream 100 list is literally almost 800 people right now and I am always adding new names to it and I'm always adding more people. Whenever I hear about someone that's talking about anything that my content could give value to, I will appear in front of that audience. I don't care if they're not even that well-known, Patricia, because again, how many people do you need to sell your high-ticket item to to have a good day? A thousand or two or three? So you never know who you're getting in front of. A thousand true customers, I think is what they say. It's a thousand. And I was at a thing with Elijah Bowie um, for two days, two full days, nine to six. And we talked about the power and the way he's been able to go into these, some of these smaller Facebook groups and deliver value and the immense, you know, customers and, and experiences and partnerships he's gotten just from these small but engaged audiences and so I think that's 100%. something important to keep in mind is that um, it's all relative and you never know who knows somebody. And also, just for example, in this book project that we have, the person that has, I would guess, the smallest audience has sold the most books because she knows how to leverage 
the partnerships she has and she knows how to create partnerships very quickly. So um, it's been an important lesson for everybody that it's not just the Russell Brunsons. It's not just the people who show up on our Facebook ads targeting. It's all of those people who are also targeting those people may have our audience as well. So thank you so much. I love when you talk right. about Dream 100 because I think it's so important. And Can I have one business. last thing there, Patricia? Yes, I'm please. <laughs> the last thing is you think of somebody like, for example, I talk about personal development. So look at a guy like Tony Robbins. His audience is probably 100 times bigger than mine. So when I do a live event, you might be looking at that and saying, well, Dre, why would you do an event when Tony has his event? Why would anybody go to yours? reason why somebody might want to go to mine is because they can get personalized attention from me where you can't get personalized attention from Tony Robbins unless you pay 10 times the price of the ticket. Otherwise, you're going to be sitting you know, in the stadium with 30,000 other people. But if you come to my event and let's say there's 25 people or 30, you can shake my hand. You can ask me three or four questions. You can come to dinner and actually sit in front of me and talk to me. You can't get that with a Russell or a Grant or a Tony Robbins. So understand that is not just about the size of your audience that you're selling. Sometimes people want that direct connection and you can sell that. And when you flip it around with your Dream 100, you find the people who can make that intimate connection. They may want that from you, not just the big name person. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I appreciate everything that you shared with us today, Dre, because I think it's important to understand those three levers that we can all pull in our business, whether it's book, content creation, or anything else we're doing um, in order to get exposure to our business. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but we are at the end of the Breakfast of Champions Day. I have never been here at the very tail end of the day. And I wanna thank everyone so much for joining us today. And remember that the motivation, education, and inspiration of the Breakfast of Champions starts right back up at 5 a.m. tomorrow and goes to 5 p.m which is Monday through Friday. And then on Saturday, we go from 6 a.m. to noon. And then we have the phenomenal Club 111 on Sundays that's live on Clubhouse. Also, if you ever miss a segment or you want to re-listen to something and take some notes, you can now download the Breakfast with Champions podcast and listen anytime. So if you head over to breakfastwithchampions.live, you can grab that link and go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. But until tomorrow, everyone, enjoy your evening, and we will see you bright and early at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you, and good night. Thank you. Good night. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.